is that he is alive. And uh, so if you do want a title tonight, uh, that's a perfect title to this message and a very meaningful title, though very simple, just as the message will be tonight. He is alive. Um, I want us to look in the book of Luke chapter 24. I'll read a few verses there. I'll be in the book of uh, John uh, some as well, uh, two different chapters there, I believe. But I'll read just a few verses here in Luke chapter 24. I'll begin reading in verse 1. I think I'll stop at uh, verse 8 or 9, I believe. I'll read those and pray and, and get on into the message. I don't know how long I'll be tonight. I've got uh, just different things kind of spinning in my mind. I have a message uh, written out, not necessarily outlined. I just can't get a hold of that. But um, I just got, since I've been here, just different things weighing on my heart and on my mind. So y'all do pray for me that God will just give me direction and help me to follow it if he has me to, to veer off of this, uh, that it will just be in his will. Uh, Luke chapter 24, chapter 24 and verse 1. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Lord, most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity. God, thank you for those that have come out tonight. We thank you for this place, God, that we can come and be refreshed and hear your word, Lord, as we've labored through this week, God, and been out in this world, God. We just thank you for a place that we can come together with your people and hear your word, feel your touch, God, and we ask you to meet with us tonight, Lord. I pray you'd hide me behind the cross, Lord. May your will be done, God. I pray that you would uh, just touch and move amongst us tonight, Lord. Give us what we stand in need of. Bring back to remembrance of things that you'd have us to remember tonight, Lord. Uh, if it's that point of salvation, God, or a, a time that you brought us out of, of something that we were going through in our lives, Lord, or a time that you spoke to us and gave us peace and comfort, Lord, I just pray that you'd touch in our hearts and our minds tonight. Give us what we stand in need of, God. I pray that we'd be hungry and thirsty for something from you tonight, Lord. We ask you to meet with us, and we thank you and praise you for your touch already. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Verse number 8 is kind of what I'm wanting to focus on tonight. And they remembered His words. And today I just want to help us to remember not only His words, but I've already said it, that He lives. And I mean, what a, what a wonderful thing it is that we serve a God that is alive. We do not serve a statue. We do not serve a golden image, but we serve a risen and a living Savior tonight. It seems that oftentimes we, we talk about and hear a lot of talk about the cross. 
and how he died on the cross for us. And there's it just in this world, you hear many things about the cross. You'll see the symbols of the cross and, you know, people wear them around their neck and different things like that. There's a lot of talk. A lot of people know about the cross and the fact that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. But you don't hear a whole lot about him raising, about him being risen and the fact that he is alive and well today. Now, yes, we ought to talk about the fact that He died on the cross for you and I and for our sins. Yes, we ought to talk about that. Yes, we ought to tell others about that. But, and this is to my shame, I mean, Benny, he's been coming to church with us for several months now. Praise the Lord for that. But we were talking about Easter coming up, and, and I said to him, I said that, that Jesus is alive. That's the celebration of Easter, is Jesus being risen from the dead. He is alive today. And he looks confused. Evidently, I had not told him this yet. And I wonder how often that we go through and, and we may tell someone even, or someone may know that yes, Jesus died on the cross for our sins, but do they know that he's alive today? I think oftentimes I'm guilty of just assuming that people know the whole story of Jesus. Because it is so, uh, so relevant today in today's society, how people just throw things around, the word love, and talk about Jesus and loving Him. And we just assume that most people, if not everyone, has heard all about it. They just choose to reject Him. Well, I believe there are some that have not heard the whole truth. There may be some that just think, and it's, it's definitely a thing in society today where they believe that He died for them and for their sins on the cross, and so they're free to do as they please. And that is not biblical. That is not what the Bible teaches us. But I believe in society today, that is a very popular thing, is to think or to know that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and they've been forgiven, and that gives you the license to sin, so to speak. That is, I believe, where we are in our society. This is society's idea and thoughts on it as far as what I have seen in many different places. People believe that Jesus died, but do they believe that he is alive and well today? Do they lean on him and trust in him? Oftentimes, they just use that cross and the fact that he died for our sins as as an excuse to live any way that they want. But what if, what about if he did die for our sins on that cross and did not rise again? That would have been enough, right? He died for our sins, we've been forgiven, we're not damned to hell. But he didn't stop there. He did say that it was finished on the cross. And I think you may have mentioned it the other night or the other morning, but he did know that he was going to rise again. He knew that that was not the end. But what if he would have just died on the cross and that would have been it? One, as you mentioned the other day, it would have been just like any other man that died and and that had spoke of God and died and did not come back. But he did raise again. And now since he did, he is alive and well and we can talk with him today. He is seated at the right hand of the Father because... He is alive today. So not only did He descend from heaven, not only was He the seed of the Most High planted into the Virgin Mary, not only was He carried in the womb just as you and I were, not only was He birthed in a stable laid in a manger, not only did He live a human life, though He is God, 
Not only did he labor on the earth while he was here as a carpenter, not only did he live the life of a servant, not only did he perform miracles while he walked the earth, he fed the 5,000, he made the lame to walk, he made the blind to see, not only did he live a, a holy and a righteous and a sinless life, not only did he die a sinner's death, though he was holy and righteous, not only did he suffer the shame, the torture, the torment, the agony, the pain of the death of the cross. Not only was he spit upon, beard snatched out of his face, crown of thorns driven into his head, not only were nails driven into his flesh to hold his body to that cross, not only did he give up the ghost because no man could take it for him, not only did he do all of this for you and for me, but he rose that third day. He walked the earth of Again, revealing Himself to man. He ascended back into heaven, and today He is seated at the right hand of the Father that He may intercede for you and I. But not only is He seated there, but He left us a Comforter. He left us that sweet, divine Holy Spirit. Uh, Romans 8.34, Who is He that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. And I'm so thankful tonight that we don't serve a dead Savior, but we serve a risen Savior. And I'm thankful tonight that we have a Comforter that dwells within us, that guides us and directs us, and that even when we do not know the words to pray, there's no words. Sometimes some of the things that God's people might might go through in this life. We just don't have words for it. But that Holy Spirit makes an utterance to the Lord Jesus Christ who is seated at the right hand of God. And He can intercede for us. He knows what we stand in need of. He knows what to pray for us. And it's because He is alive and well today. He is not dead. He is risen and He is alive. And He is there for you and I. Not only does He intercede for you and I. I want to look over at John just for a moment. John chapter number 14, not only does He intercede for you and I today, but He left, as I said, that Comforter, that sweet Holy Spirit that dwells within the saved, the born again child of God. We see this in John chapter 14 and verse 16. And I will pray, Jesus says, and I will pray the Father and He shall give you another Comforter that He may abide with you forever. Forever will not be alone. I believe it's in Hebrews. Uh, he says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. There's a few more verses I want to read here in John chapter 14. I'll go on in 17 through I think 19. Even if the Spirit of Truth, whom the Word cannot, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live. Ye shall live also. I praise God tonight that not only is He alive, but because He is alive, you and I also can have life. And before I was saved, I was not living. If I could say it like this, I was not living, but I was dying. More and more every day. I was not, the the life that I was quote unquote living was a miserable life. It was, it was a life as though I wished for death. Though I did not realize the life that I thought I was living was more so the life 
of death. The life of a dead man. That sounds like a good title of a message. (laughs) I felt like I was living the life of a dead man, but I didn't realize it because I was lost. But then that day that I met him, it all changed. And now I'm no longer dead, but I'm alive in Christ. And I thank him and I praise him for it. And it burdens my heart to know that there are others out there that are living the life that I was living. And they don't know, they don't realize, they don't understand that Christ is alive. And they're living their quote-unquote life as though they're dead. There is, words cannot really describe the difference in a lost man and a saved man. I just don't think there's any words to describe it. But if I could do it my best tonight, it would be something such as that. I was dead, but now I'm alive. And if you really get and grasp and get a hold of that, the fact of being dead, but I wasn't dead though. It was, it was as if I was dead, but I was awake. It's almost like as if you thought about going through a surgery where you're put to sleep and they cut you open and they're doing all kinds of things on your insides, but they don't put you to sleep. Something that you ought to be unconscious to go through, yet you're conscious. That is how I would describe my life as a lost man. But as a saved man, I can only describe it as life. The best life. He's the dearest friend that I ever had. And he's given me the best life I never could have dreamed of. We sing that song, He cheers me on when I'm sad. You know, He can only cheer us on because He is alive. And because He went through more than you and I will ever go through in this life. And He knows what it's like to suffer. He knows what it's like to go through torture, torment, shame, and pain. But He is alive and well today, and I praise Him for it. John fourteen twenty six. <clears throat> But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. I thank God that that Holy Ghost can remind us of some things that Jesus has said to us, some things that he has done for us, because y'all know I have a terrible memory. (laughs) I'll forget some things. And I find myself lately being reminded of that day, that state that I was in, and that day that the Lord saved me, and reflecting back the life that I was living and the life that I have now. And it's all because He lives. It's all because He lives. That we can live. He was resurrected. But you know in a sense. He can resurrect you too if you're lost. Because when you're lost. You're dead to sin. But when you're saved. You are alive in Christ. If I could say it's like a symbol of resurrection. 
You're resurrected, so to speak, when you're lost and then saved. You're dead and then you're alive. Verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I just want to remind us tonight that He is alive and well, and we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to let our hearts be troubled. I mean, I sat here tonight and listened to around the room things that are troubling us. Rightly so. We've got loved ones that are sick. Loved ones that are in need of prayer. We've got uh, people that God has impressed on our hearts to be praying for, going through different things. But Christ is alive and well today. Yes, we may suffer. We may have physical ailments. We may have loved ones that have uh, physical ailments and be going through some things. But because He is alive, because He lives, we can pray to Him tonight for those needs, and we can have faith and trust in Him that He will see it through and that He will work all things to the good to those who love Him. That's a very important part not to forget, that He'll work all things to the good to those who love Him. Sometimes people leave that last part out and it makes that statement not true. I want to look at John chapter 11, a couple of things here really quick. Verses 20 through 27. I won't read all of that. We know this is the story of Martha and Mary and when Christ brings Lazarus back to life. The verse that I want to focus on uh, just for a moment is verse 26. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? If we believe in him, we shall never lie. I see in that verse the assurance of eternal life. And when I read that verse, it took my mind back to a message that I preached uh, out at the Sumter Retirement Village. Uh, I think it was entitled, or titled, Do You Know? And it was out of uh, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, where John states that uh, he writes these things that we may know that we have eternal life. And I thank God tonight that we do have the honor and the privilege and the authority by God's word that we do. We are able to know that we have eternal life. There are some people in this life that I've heard uh, uh, speak of a, a hope so or uh, an expected end, so to speak. They 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 hope that they will go to heaven. They hope that they've done uh, good, good enough to go to heaven. Or others may say that someone is so bad that they're just going to go to hell no matter what they do. They've already done this and surely they will go to hell for this. But can I say tonight that no matter what you've done, no matter how wicked you've been in this life, Christ can give you a new life. No matter the man or woman that you have been, no matter the, the child that you have been, Christ can resurrect you. You can be born again. That maybe you've not necessarily been so wicked as this. William Barclay said this. He said, a man can become so selfish that he is dead to the needs of others. A man can become so insensitive that he is dead to the feelings of others. A man can become so involved in the petty dishonesties and the petty disloyalties of life that he is dead to honor. A man can become so hopeless that he is filled with an inertia, which is spiritual death. Jesus Christ can resurrect these men. The witness of history 
is that he has resurrected millions and millions of people like them, and his touch has not lost his its ancient power. As we get older, we tend to lose our sight. We may lose our hearing. We may lose our strength. We may lose some things in this life. But praise God, he has lost Nothing. If I could say anything, he has gained because every dive that a saint of God goes in the ground, he ascends up into heaven to be with him. And then every day that a lost man comes to, comes to the realization that he is lost and calls upon him as a savior, Christ has just won another soul to him. He has just uh, brought another soldier into his army. He has lost nothing, yet I would say that he has gained and it is because he is alive. You can't really gain anything once you're dead to an extent. We're going to gain something. But he is alive today. William Barclay also said this, when we believe in Jesus, when we accept what he says about God and about life and stake everything on it in truth, we are resurrected for we are freed from the fear which is characteristic of the godless life. We are freed from the frustration which is characteristic of the sin-ridden life. We are freed from the futility of the Christless life. Life is raised from sin's death and becomes so rich that it cannot die, but must find in death only the transition to a higher life. And y'all know I don't got much sense, so I had to read that a few times to get it, but when I did, it was a blessing. said, death... Life is raised from sin's death, and it becomes so rich that it can't die, but it must find in death only a transition to a higher life. When I read this, I immediately thought back to a statement, a a scripture that I many times heard Brother John Dent quote, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? And because he lives... We don't have to face the sting of death if we'll truly let him in. And it's sad to say that there are many in this day and in days gone by that profess to be a Christian, but they've not truly accepted him in to their hearts, their homes, their lives. They've not truly been born again. It's sad to see this lost world seeking life where there is no life. Back in our text verse, we saw these women looking for Jesus, looking for the living where the dead lie, because He had been risen. And you look around this world, our lost loved ones, they're seeking life where they can only find death in the pleasures and the things of this world. Now, this can happen to us as well as a Christian, as a born-again child of God. We know Jesus. We know that He lives. We know where to find Him. But how often are we looking in the wrong places? I'm guilty of it. We we, we need help with something and we go to our wallet or we go to uh, the pastor. And I understand that there is times surely that that is necessary and our pastor would love us to come to him when we're in need. But sometimes 
the answer can only be found in one place. And that is on our knees in prayer with Him. And He is alive today and we can reach Him in His Word and in prayer. Now we thank God today that we have a living Savior, an interceder, and a comforter. I just want to help to bring back to our minds today what we used to be before salvation. And I understand that we don't all have a testimony like I did. And praise God for that. I mean, I've spoke with several different people about how uh, those type of testimonies of someone that was brought up in church, someone that never got out in the world, and God showed them that they were a lost sinner on their way to hell if they did not accept the Lord as their Savior. I mean, those testimonies bless me. I believe just as much as mine blesses that person's because they see someone who was at the bottom that was in such need of a Savior come to that Savior. But what I see is someone that seemed to be doing all the right things. There was no wrong that could be found in their lives and just everything looked and appeared to be right. But deep within, there was something that wasn't there, and that was Christ. And it just blesses me. It blesses my heart and my soul to know that God can save that one that doesn't seem to be in need of saving. And He can save that one that you would say surely is in need of a Savior. And that is because He is alive. And that is because He is God. And it's it's just it's a sad thing when we see folks in this world that that don't know and understand that He is alive and that you can go through this life with a church membership and seemingly doing all the right things and you can still die and go to a sinner's hell. And that is a burden that I have on my heart tonight. is to see our loved ones saved. To see others that I know in this community to be saved. And I praise God tonight that He is alive and that He is well and that He gives us a comfort. I believe it's very important for us as God's people to be reminded that He is alive and well tonight, but also to be reminded of where He brought us from, where we could have been. And I think a very important reason to be reminded of that It's so that we don't look down on those that are lost, but just try to help them to look up. Try to help them to look to Christ. I hope that this message has been a help to us tonight. Like I said, I know I went a couple of different areas with that. Uh, God's just kind of had some different things on my heart. My mind's been stirring. Sometimes, preacher, we don't know if that's him or us, but uh, I do trust that the Lord has spoke tonight. And I just pray that that you've got some help from this tonight. It's helped me to to go through this message, though it was a, a simple message. There's a lot of meaning in that. The fact that He is alive and some of the things that He's done for you and I and to bring back to remembrance some of those things. I'll pray and, uh, Pastor, you do whatever you want to do tonight. Lord, we thank You, Father for another opportunity to come to Your house. God, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, we thank You for Your people. 
God, we thank you tonight that your son is alive and well and that he's seated at your right hand. We thank you for that comforter, God, that we have within us. Lord, we thank you for the good crowd tonight. And we pray, God, that you have spoken. And Lord, I pray that you'll touch us. Lord, I pray for those uh, requests that were lifted up tonight, God, that you'll give some comfort and some peace in the hearts of those that uh, that are praying for them and that, that care for them that are in need. God, we ask you to help it, Lord, help us tonight, Lord. Make it real to us, God, that you are alive. Make it real to us, Lord, that there are others out in this world that do not know, that do not understand that you are alive and well today and that you can save them if they're lost. Lord, we thank you, God, again for this place, God, where we can come and feel your touch and your presence, God, and just gather together with your people. God, we just ask you to be with each of us as we depart tonight and pray that you'll uh, give us what we need as we go our ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.